stay humble at the same time. Um, so you are an ethical hacker, you are a pen tester, there's no doubt in that, but stay humble in the sense that you don't know everything and there's always something new uh, to learn. Once you finish these three courses, I think you would have a solid foundation in pen testing. This field is kind of like, you know, when you take a few steps forward and then all of a sudden you get a better view of what's out there and then you realize like it's much bigger than what you thought. The more you learn, the more you understand. There's even more to know. Now, this is a true story. So I was based in South Africa and I was teaching students in the US and in other countries. Just an hour or so before the course was supposed to start, the power went out. I had no power at home, no internet. I couldn't teach the course. It was an online course. I had to drive somewhere and ask a friend if I could use their internet connection and their power to teach the first day of the course. It was a nightmare. I remember saying to myself, I will never allow this to happen again. So I bought a generator terrible things. They stink. They make a huge amount of noise. Very difficult to start. Really grateful that these days we have these devices. I purchased one of these. Jackery were very kind to send me a bigger one and also send me solar panels so that I could charge this using solar. This at the moment is powering my Starlink. That obviously gives me the ability to connect to the internet from anywhere. So if I'm traveling, I could take my internet connection with me. I could also plug it in while using it great that I can charge many devices, including a phone and other devices while it's being charged. Or you may want to take devices like this with you when you go camping or traveling. I really want to thank Jackery once again for sending me this and the solar panels. I'll be demonstrating those in a separate video. Hey everyone, David Bumble back with Rana. Rana, welcome. Hi everyone. Thanks for having me, David. Rana, it's great to have you back. In our previous video, you basically gave people a way to learn a whole bunch of stuff for free. So if anyone's interested, Rana, perhaps you can tell us what that was about, but I'll put the link below for anyone who's interested. What were you giving away in our previous video? Yeah, so um, we talked about a specific vulnerability called broken access control. We went through the theory of how to exploit the vulnerability, how to find it, and then how to prevent it. And then we also had some practical labs where we got hands-on experience exploiting the vulnerability. Now, this vulnerability is um, part of a course that is both on YouTube and on my academy, um, which goes through a bunch of other web application vulnerabilities. So it essentially teaches you how to pen test or how to hack web applications. And I love that. I mean, one of the things you mentioned is you've got like an eight hour SQL injection course, which I would say is a whole course in itself on your YouTube channel for free, but a whole bunch of other content. So for everyone watching, if you want a whole bunch of free content, I've put Rana's YouTube channel below. Go and subscribe. Amazing content there. Uh, but you also have your own website, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have my own academy where I, um, again, the course is over there and I uh, sell my course and I teach web application hacking. So you could either get it on YouTube or on my academy. It depends on whether you want uh, support or not. And if you don't want to see the uh, YouTube ads um, and the sponsor ads um, and you just kind of want like a structured uh, outline of the course. Great news is Rana is still giving us a 50% discount on her academy. So if you use the link below, you can get access to a course for 50% discount, amazing price. But if you if you can't afford it, as always, have a look at a YouTube channel where you can get all the content for free, but you won't get the support from Rana uh, on YouTube, but you will on her academy. But Rana, tell me a bit about yourself and tell the audience a bit about yourself because you, I think you sent out a tweet and you asked on your social media platforms, the most common questions or the what questions that people have. And then we've kind of like put that together in 
like a list of common questions. But before we get to the list of questions, you know, tell us a bit about yourself for people who don't know you. Yeah. Um, so again, my name is Rena Khalil. I have a bachelor's in mathematics and computer science. I also have a master's in computer science with a thesis focus in evaluating web application vulnerability scanners. I used to be in software development and then I switched to application security. From there, I did my OSCP certification. So the offensive security certified professional certification. And then I switched into pure pen testing. And then I decided to go back to application security. For those of you that know, know me, um, um, you probably know me through, again, my academy or in my YouTube channel. So in my free time, uh, I like to record videos or write blogs teaching people how to um, pen test, whether that's network pen testing or web application pen testing. A lot of people are beginners and a lot of the questions that you, you put together, I get these same kind of questions. So this is a fantastic list. But before we get to the beginner stuff, OECP, I think if I remember correctly, you when you did your OECP, you put together a whole list of resources that people can use if they're studying for OECP, right? Yes, that's correct. So when I was studying for my uh, OSCP, I was a beginner. Um, like I literally had to learn how to use Nmap because no one taught me how to do that in school. Um, and so I um, I felt like um, at the time, um, the OSCP material was not enough to teach you everything that you needed. Uh, since then, it went through a major update that kind of covered those gaps. But at the time, it didn't have uh, that update. And so what I did is I enrolled in a platform called Hack the Box. And I followed TJ Null's list of OSCP, of Hack the Box OSCP-like boxes. So they're essentially um, boxes in uh, the Hack the Box platform form that are similar to the boxes that you'll see in the OSCP labs. Now, the nice thing about that platform was that uh, these were retired boxes. And so you had a lot of people write blogs on how to solve these boxes. And then you also had videos like Ipsex videos, like great guy. He's like, I, I credit most of my pen testing knowledge to him. I've never met him, um, but if I ever do, I owe him a cup of coffee. Um, but um, the idea is that um, I was able to kind of learn from people who are pen testers, who have gone through the OSCP, who have hacked these boxes. And then I developed uh, kind of my methodology on um, how to pen test. And then from there, I was able to practice in the OSCP labs and get my OSCP uh, certification. Of course, since then a lot of courses came out and so the path that I would recommend is a little bit different from mine but that's how I personally got started. So if anyone's interested I've put a link below where you can go and get those resources and obviously get a whole bunch of other stuff from Rana. But Rana you know let's say I'm starting today OECP is not what I'm going to take or study for necessarily. So a common question and I see it's on the list of questions that you've got here is like, how do I get started? Is there like sort of a roadmap that you would recommend? Like, let's say I, I want to become a pen tester. That's what I want to do. Um, what do I do? Give me, give me the path. How do I get there? Um, so great question. And I get that question a lot. Um, so uh, again, personally, for me, it was more self-taught because there wasn't any resources and there's advantages to it being self-taught because uh, this way you're more likely to retain stuff um, and you're more likely to research stuff. But the disadvantage with that is that um, it took me a really long time to be able to get my OSCP certification because every time I didn't understand something, I had to Google it. And then there's a ton of resources. Some of them are correct 
correct online, others are not correct. And then you have to kind of like filter through all that information to understand what is useful and what is not useful. So there's, you know, an advantage and disadvantage to the way I did it. But since I got started, since I completed the OSCP certification, a few courses came out that are affordable by other uh, creators. And I would recommend those courses. So for you as an individual that wants to get into pen testing, uh, what I would recommend is a course called uh, Practical Ethical Hacking by the Cyber Mentor. So uh, the person uh, that created that course is called Heath Adams, and he goes by at the Cyber Mentor on uh, Twitter. Um, his course is extremely cheap, and it kind of condenses all that information, all that foundational knowledge that you need in one course. So that's the first course that I would recommend. And then there's two other courses that I would recommend, uh, Windows Privilege Escalation and Linux Privilege Escalation. Again, you could get those from either the Cyber Mentor or from another content creator called Tiberius. I'm not getting any money from recommending these uh, courses. These are courses that I've personally done and I wish I had when I was getting started. Once you finish these three courses, I think you would have a solid foundation in pen testing. And now all you need is a little bit more practice. So you do get hands-on practice in those courses, um, but I don't think it's enough. Um, and so the next thing that I would recommend is um, enrolling in a platform like uh, like uh, Try Hack Me or uh, like Hack the Box and then solving boxes there until you're comfortable. And what do I mean by comfortable? I mean being able to get an IP address for a box and then knowing exactly what you need to do in order to identify the entry point into the box so that you could get a regular user account on the box and then from there escalate your privileges to root. Now, once you've reached that point, I think you're ready to go for the OSCP and practice in the OSCP labs, which I think is really valuable. So I know um, depending on the person that you talk to, um, they might agree or disagree with doing the OSCP. I'm a huge uh, proponent for doing the OSCP certification because the value that it adds from other labs is, um, or from other platforms, is that it actually gives you a realistic environment. So there's three sets of networks. You start off with um, like the DMZ network, there's like an IT network, and then there's another, I believe, like an admin network. I can't remember for sure. But that like that experience of being able to hop from one network to another where all the boxes are linked together and then like certain artifacts in one of the boxes is able to give you access to another box. That's how the real world works. And so I definitely recommend um, going for that certification once you're comfortable to do so. I think the question is that I get as well is, do you need any prerequisite knowledge or skills before you, you know, take this path that you've mentioned? Um, so like, do you need to, no networking, do you need to know Linux? Do you need to know scripting? So like some other people that I've interviewed have recommended like starting with like Network Plus from CompTIA or um, some other more basic certs before they go down the sort of pen testing route. Uh, what would you say to that? Right. So that's a great question. Um, I think it depends where you're at in terms of your knowledge. So for me, I didn't have the networking skills that I needed, but I knew a little bit of networking enough to allow me to um, get by and then kind of learn that stuff on my own without having to dedicate a chunk of time just to learn networking before I even start with that path. Um, so it really depends on you. If you're like completely new to IT, um, you don't 
uh, you don't know like the basic, let's say Linux commands or Windows commands, then maybe yes, you do need to dedicate some time before that. I would say like the, the three skills that you need and will definitely be helpful before you go through that path are one, like you mentioned, networking. So you need to understand what an IP address is, what a port is, um, that services can run on ports and so on. That's definitely going to come in handy. And it's going to be kind of like a long road if you don't know how to do that when um, or what that means when um, you start with these courses. So for networking, like you said, the CompTIA uh, Network Plus is a great resource. You don't have to actually go for the certification and do the exam. You could just get the book or uh, buy a course online that teaches that specific certification and just understand the material enough so that you're comfortable to go through uh, the path that I recommended. So that's the first one, networking. The second one is just basic Linux and Windows commands. For Linux commands, that's really easy to get online. There's a ton of uh, platforms that teach you that for free. Um, an example of that is, I believe it's called Over the Wire, uh, where it's kind of like a gamified version of of uh, learning how to do commands in uh, Linux and how to do operations in Linux. Now for Windows, it's a little bit harder because there's like licensing issues when it comes to the Windows operating system. And so the way I recommend you get that experience is just like download a trial version of a Windows VM and then try to perform the Linux commands that you learned but using Windows commands. And you don't need to know that many commands, just like the basics. And so I recommend just downloading a VM and trying to practice that on your own. So that would be the second one. Um, the third one would be, and this one's controversial, um, <laughs> but the third one <laughs> is scripting. I know you know what I'm getting at, but scripting or programming. It's controversial because a lot of people will argue you don't need that as a pen tester. I'm with the opinion that you absolutely need to know some form of scripting or programming in order for you to be a good pen tester. Now, would I get started with that? I don't think so, but I think at some point in your career, you will need to know how to script um, in order to advance yourself. So uh, the Cyber Mentor, the course that I had mentioned, he actually has, I believe, uh, it's been a while since I've seen the course, but he has like a section for networking basics. And then he also has a section for uh, programming basics in Python. Um, and so um, that section, I think, is enough for now. And then when you come across a certain task where you need to automate that task to make your life easier, then you could um, just Google it, um, like Google the action that you want to perform. And that's essentially how you will advance your programming skills. So uh, to sum up, three skills, networking, uh, Linux, and Windows, uh, what is it called? Operations, being able to do um, operations in Linux and Windows. And then the third one is uh, programming or scripting. Ron, another controversial one. Let's, let's stay a bit controversial. So you recommend scripting. Um, but do I need to learn coding like programming or is, is basic scripting good enough? To get started, basic scripting is good enough. I think if you go through, let's say, the route of web application pen testing, being a good pen test, a good web application pen tester versus like a great web application pen tester, it will matter if you actually know how to develop web applications and how to review code and so on. So I see a lot of um, software developers turn into pen testers so switch careers. And they're usually so much better at finding vulnerabilities in web applications than people who started off in doing web application pen testing from the get-go and don't have any software development background. So it really depends on your field, um, on your specific category, I guess, of pen testing. 
But scripting knowledge, uh, for sure, I think you should have it regardless of which area of pen testing you're in. And then continuing with our controversial questions. Um, well, these are questions people have asked. So, I mean, it's, uh, but it is, there's, uh, there's a lot of controversy, I would say, and like debate about it. Do, do I need a degree or are certs okay? Or what would you recommend I do? Get a degree, get a cert, both? What, what should I do? Mm -hmm. um, so great question. I think it really depends on the country that you live in and the company that you want to apply for. So I know um, a lot of companies right now are dropping the degree requirement um, and also the certification requirements, but it really depends on your location. So in some countries, you absolutely need to have some kind of bachelor's degree, even if it's in like any field in IT, it doesn't have to be in cybersecurity, any field in IT, but you have to have that degree in order to get you through the door and for someone to consider your resume. So I would recommend just researching the rules in your own country and in like the companies that you want to apply to. Now, if you're just looking for pure opinion, I think degrees have a certain value to an extent. I personally uh, was, uh, my degrees are in math and computer science. Uh, both of them are not in cybersecurity. Um, so I do have kind of like the advantage of knowing software development uh, from my degrees, but uh, the cybersecurity not knowledge was all self-taught. And I've personally found more value in the knowledge that I get from certifications than the knowledge that I received in my bachelor's and my master's uh, degree. So it really depends on you as a person and how you would like to learn. I like certifications because it's kind of like structured learning um, where everything is in one spot for you to learn. But I know people who prefer to like sit on Google and like Google things for hours. And um, once they actually do find um, like the knowledge that they need, they'll never forget it because they actually spent those hours of research doing it. So it really depends on you as a person and how and your learning style, I guess. I think it's, I mean, it's great. I always, I always like to think that, you know, in the UK, there's a saying horses for courses. Um, different people have different ways to learn. you got to find what works for you. And there's no single path for everyone. Um, you know, but I, I do see the value in degrees. I see the value in certs. So another question would be like, you've, you've given us a path to OSCP. So is OSCP required to be a pen tester? And, you know, should, is that the last cert that I should look at getting to become a pen tester? Is it required to be a pen tester? No. Does it give you an advantage when it comes to recruitment? Yes, it does. So I, when I got my OSCP certification, the amount of people that like contacted me on LinkedIn and automatically kind of like trusted my knowledge of pen testing just because I had that certification was like exponentially higher than before. Um, so I am a proponent of getting it if you do have like the funds or your company will pay for the certification or you could afford it yourself. Um, but do I think you absolutely need it to be a good pen tester? No. I know a lot of like great pen testers that are at the top of their field that don't have the OSCP certification just because they don't need to get it. Now to answer the second question, is it the last cert that you're going to get? So OSCP, there's a funny story. OSCP stands for um, Offensive Security Certified Professional. And so as a person for me who started off from scratch in cybersecurity, because my degree was not in cybersecurity, I always thought that once I get the OSCP certification, then I'm like a certified pen tester and so on. Um, and that would be like the optimum of things. And like, I can like feel confident and there's no more imposter syndrome when it comes to pen testing. And I got the certification and then I realized that I still have like a huge way to go to become like 
an expert uh, pen tester. This field is kind of like, you know, when you take a few steps forward and then all of a sudden you get a better view of what's out there and then you realize like it's much bigger than what you thought. The more you learn, the more you understand there's even more to know. And so no, the OSCP certification is just a beginner certification. It's a good stepping stone, but there's a ton of other certifications or other skills and knowledge that you can get after the OSCP certification. I always like to say never stop learning. Doesn't matter how young or old you are, just keep on learning because it changes all the time anyway. Um, Absolutely. I mean, what I love about the academy that you've put together is it it's like a whole bunch of resources in a certain area, but you could go to a whole bunch of other places to get extra content. So would you say if I'm starting out, the goal, if I want to be a pen tester, is get OSCP, um, assuming that I've got the money or equivalent knowledge, but that that's a great way a great cert to get because it opens a lot of doors. So that's what I should be aiming for. And then once I get that, I could decide which path I want to take after that, right? I agree. Um, so for me, I started off in application security, but you feel like um, when you don't know the general concepts of pen testing, you feel like there's certain gaps um, in your understanding when you're speaking to professionals that do this uh, for a living. And that's actually why I got the OSCP certification. It wasn't so that I could work as a pen tester, but I felt like I had those gaps because I only knew the web app side of it. Um, and so to me, I would recommend getting that general knowledge in pen testing, which the OSCP certification gives you before specializing in like a specific field. Once you do get the OSCP certification, it'll kind of give you like a general overview. So it'll teach you network pen testing. It'll teach you web application pen testing. There's certain areas it doesn't teach you like wireless pen testing and so on. But having that general knowledge um, is a good stepping stone to specializing um, in the future to the area that you want to be in. Like for me, um, it was web application pen testing or web application security. I love that. I mean, it's um, it gives you that, I wouldn't say your first certification, but you're like a great certification that opens doors. And then from that point on, you can decide which path you want to go on um, and then look at um, other certs or just getting experience. Would you say that OSCP is one of the best certifications to get if I want to become a pen tester and it helps me get a job. Absolutely. I think it's, in my opinion, the bare minimum. And then it's always the other question. Um, Rona, how do I get experience? You know, I'm starting out. How do I get experience? Because companies want experience. How do I get experience to get the job? Because I need the job to get experience. So how, what do I do? Right. Um, so we're in a very unique field where you can get experience from the comfort of your own home. You don't actually have to go, let's say, to the mines to gain experience in your field. And so um, we have this opportunity where we actually can gain that experience for essentially free or for very little cost. And so if pen testing is your goal, what I would recommend is uh, when you're pursuing, let's say, the OSCP certification, that's um, experience on its own because they give you hands-on exercises where you try to hack into a bunch of networks and so on. But if you 
if you're not in the OSCP or you can't afford it or whatnot, there are platforms that provide that ability um, for free or for essentially very little cost. So things like Hack the Box, that's how I got started. It's insanely cheap um, per month. And what I did is I started off with retired boxes because I had no idea how to solve the active boxes that don't have solutions because I was just starting out. So I would start off with retired boxes. I would watch Ipsack and see how he solved the box. And then I would attempt to solve it on my own. And then I would move on to the next box and the next box. And then um, I would loop back to the original box that I did, let's say a month after I did it. And I'll see if I'm able to solve it on my own. So that's just one platform of like many platforms. So there's Try Hack Me, which is more hand-holding than Hack the Box, where you could learn uh, that you could install your own your own uh, VMs from Vonhub uh, that are for free, or you could set up your own network at home to gain that experience. I think for me personally, when I got hired for my first job, I didn't have any network um, uh, pen testing experience, but I had web application pen testing experience. And the way I got that is by down downloading um, OWASP intentionally vulnerable VMs and I would download them on my computer and then I would attempt to hack them. And I know for sure that the person that hired me for my first job, he read my cover letter and he saw all these kind of like, let's say, extracurricular activities that are security related, like, you know, downloading VMs and solving them and so on. And that's what made him hire me because I showed initiative and I gained that experience um, on my own. And it was essentially free experience. Um, you dedicate your time, of course, and your resources, um, but it didn't cost anything because the VMs were for free. And that's essentially how I got started until I gained experience in real world environments. So you got your OSCP that opened the door, the person hired you based on your OSCP and the fact that you did the self-learning stuff. Is that, is, did I understand that right? Uh, no. So I actually got my OSCP a year after I got hired. Oh, okay. Um, the person hired, yeah, the, uh, the person that hired me hired me based on the initiative that I showed when it came to my self-taught knowledge and and self-gained experience in web application pen testing. Okay. So that that's that's amazing. So you, you didn't have the, the OSCP didn't open your first door, but it opened many other doors. Um, but you got hired your first in your first job, you got hired based on stuff that you did by yourself. Um, and but how did you prove that? Did you document it somewhere? How did they find you? Or did you just apply and then on your, on your cover letter, you just listed the stuff that you had done? So I listed it on my cover letter. I also, at the time, I had given a talk at Besides Ottawa about uh, web application vulnerability scanners and the research that I worked on. And my supervisor was actually also in the audience. And so um, that that played a role in um in hiring me as well. But like like I mentioned, when I had talked to my supervisor, again, I think it was like a year after he hired me, he said that most people will just say, oh, they have so-and-so degree and they want experience in the field, but they didn't put any initiative on their own to actually gain that experience. And we're in a very, again, unique field where you could gain that experience from the comfort of your own home. And so at the time, I didn't have any, any way of documenting it other than like verbally when he asked me questions about like, what was your favorite vulnerability? 
or uh, let's say you have this web application and it has a form where you could register your email address. Tell me how you would, um, what, what vulnerabilities you would test for or your methodology for testing that vulnerability. So that was my only way of kind of like proving that I had that experience. But after that, and after getting hired and getting the OSCP, I actually started writing blogs and um, about the OSCP certification. And then I moved on to videos for web application pen testing. And um, when people reached out to me, I've had I've had individuals literally waive the technical interview just because they saw my videos and my blogs. And so they didn't think that they needed to test me for that based on my documentation online. I, I think there's there's so much value in documenting what you're doing. Um, I always like to say, create link, LinkedIn posts or you know create a website, put it on GitHub, make videos, even if it's TikTok, whatever, but show people what you can do. Um, it's amazing how people will find you if you put your stuff out there. I agree. And it's not only that, it's it also shows your genuine interest yeah. in this field. And I think a lot employers look for that when it comes to hiring someone, someone that is like genuinely interested in this field. Because most people who are in this field and are good at what they do are genuinely interested in this field and love this field. Um, and so employers look for that as well. Yeah, Ron, so he has a question that a lot of people have, and I see it's on your list as well. Um, you have how many degrees? I have uh, two degrees and one certification. And you create YouTube videos, you have an academy, you have a full-time job, um, you have a, do you have a social life? It's like, how on earth do you balance all this stuff? Yeah, so I wasn't a great person to ask about that originally um, <laughs> because no, I did not have a social life. Um, I'm not sure that was the correct decision. On the one hand, it got me to where I am today. On the other hand, um, there was a lot of disadvantages to doing it that way. So I would, like, when I was studying for the OSCP, I shut everything in, everyone off until I completed it. And I was writing blogs at the time. So it was at least a blog or two blogs um, every week. And my blogs are very detailed um, and they explain every little thing. And so those took an incredible amount of time and I was working full time at the same time and so on. So I did not have, um, yeah. And so I did not have a social life at all. But that did come at the disadvantage of uh, kind of like after finishing the OSCP burnout and and realizing that um, I've kind of caused myself uh, health problems from like the stress that I endured and they were unnecessary health problems. Um, I think for me, the reason that happened was because I was trying to prove to myself uh, because of imposter syndrome, I was trying to prove myself that I'm a good pen tester and I thought getting the OSCP certification meant that. But like I said, once you do get the OSCP certification, you realize that there's like pen testing is a huge field. There's so many other things that like like you could learn um, and so many other certifications that you could specialize in and like and so right now I actually take it much much more easier than I did when I first started I take it one step at a time and I surround myself with the right group of people and what I mean by like the right group of people is experienced individuals who when you ask them oh hey do you know everything there is to know about pen testing they go like of course we don't this is like a huge field you can't like learn everything like you know in your lifetime 
time. And so um, once you surround yourself with those people, you see people who are like experienced in this field and have like high positions and they say that, then you're more comfortable within yourself to say, oh yeah, this is going to take a long time and you don't want to burn out from the first, let's say two years or three years. And so take your time, understand the concepts and do whatever you can while balancing it with your social life and personal life. How long did it take you to get your OCP? So you decided to do it and then you passed. How long was that process? Uh, it took me a, a year just because I was also um, solving the hack the box boxes, which was, I can't remember, I think it was 40 or 50 boxes. Um, and I was documenting them as well. I actually didn't spend that much time in the OSCP labs. Once I finished with those boxes, I felt like I was ready for the exam. And so I enrolled in only one month in the OSCP certification. It took me two weeks and a half to complete their exercises. So at the time, if you completed the exercises, it was like five points extra on the exam. But right now, I think it's like 10 points. But anyways, those exercises, that document, which took me two weeks and a half to complete, was 300 pages long, so that big. And then um, I spent the remaining week and a half in the OSCP labs. I finished like, I think, 30 or 40 boxes. Since then, it's all documented in a blog that I wrote, which we could link in the description. But yeah, so I felt ready. Um, I did the exam and I passed just because I did all that preparation work. Some people will finish it in like a month or two. But for me, it was more of like getting that technical knowledge versus getting that certification. And so I focused more on like understanding it and proving to myself that I understood it through the blogs. Path to OECP? Do we, are there courses that you recommend I buy or is there something, just explain the process like, and like what you, what you think is realistic for most people? Is it like a year is a long time? Is it like for, it just varies on the individual or, you know, what, what, what sort of your advice if I want to start this, do, what do I buy? Where do I go? How long is it going to take? Um, yeah. So again, it depends on your like previous knowledge, but if you're completely starting out, even if you have like, let's say a computer science degree, you don't know anything cybersecurity related. Uh, they barely teach this stuff in university. If you're completely starting out like me, I would recommend the path that I mentioned um, at the beginning, which is, yeah, the two, the three courses by the, the cyber mentor. So practical ethical hacking and then Windows privilege escalation. And these should give you a solid, like a really good solid foundation in uh, pen testing. And then just get some experience in hack the box and try hack me because those are like really cheap resources to practice in. Um, and once you're comfortable, go to the OSCP labs. Now you could go straight to the OSCP labs. It's just that they're um, expensive and there's no solutions to the boxes. So if you're learning while you're there and your work is paying for, let's say a year subscription, then by all means go for it. But most individuals can't afford, you know, the, I think it's called the one learn subscription. They can only afford three months. Um, and so I would recommend all the basic knowledge you get on your own. And then in the three months, you spend it learning um, the advanced concepts and practicing in their labs, because that's where the real value is in the OSCP. Uh, Rana, you spoke about Hack the Box and try hack me, but what about bug bounties? Right. So um, hack the box um, is more, think of it as like network pen testing. It's really useful for um, the OSCP. It's not very useful when it comes to bug bounty. So a lot of the boxes do have web applications on them that are vulnerable. And in order to gain, like to gain initial access, you do have to exploit web app vulnerability. However, it's not the main resource that I would uh, personally recommend if you're learning web application uh, security. For me, Again, I started in this field and at the time we didn't have the Port Swigger Web Security Academy, which 
which is like the main resource by all means that I would recommend. But for me, like at the time, we didn't have that. Um, so the way I started out is I actually bought the web application hackers handbook, which is considered to be um, the Bible of web security. It's actually written by the same person that created the uh, web security academy. So Portswigger's web security academy. I would read the book and then I would go to work. Um, it was a co-op term. Um, so a work term during my studies. And I would apply everything that I learned there on the web applications that we were developing. Since that book is kind of deprecated, I still recommend it as a resource and I still have it on my table right over here. But since that book is a little bit deprecated and old, uh, what happened is the authors of the book decided to create a free online academy, which they constantly update with new uh, vulnerabilities. And that's called the Web Security Academy on the Portswigger website. We could also add a link to that um, in the description. I love that academy. Um, it's it's how I keep myself updated on all the new vulnerabilities. And it's the reason I uh, do my videos on that specific academy. It's a great resource that is, in my opinion, completely invaluable compared to any other course that is um, out there, any other paid course that is out there when it comes to Web Security Academy. And that's why I use it in my videos and my YouTube channel. Rona, I in, I've been in tech a long time and I often find that there's people who feel that they're never good enough. So you mentioned imposter syndrome, that seems to be a big problem. And then you've got the other people who you know, are overconfident. Um, so let's, let's address both. How do I get the right mentality that I don't, for instance, feel like I'm not good enough? But how do I keep the right mentality, you know, to not be overconfident, but like keep on developing myself? Um, so imposter syndrome, like I said, is real when it comes to this field. Most beginners have it. And then you've got also experienced individuals that also have it. Um, I think you need to just be easy on yourself and know that um, if you're finding vulnerabilities in applications or systems, then you are an ethical hacker. You are a pen tester. Like the mentality that you need to have is that this is the type of field that is constantly evolving um, and constantly changing. And so you'll always need to learn new items and new materials in this field. Um, and so stay humble at the same time. Um, so you are an ethical hacker, you are a pen tester, there's no doubt in that. But stay humble in the sense that you don't know everything and there's always something new uh, to learn. The way I personally approach it, like I said, is one, I'm always constantly learning something new. So when I'm done, let's say with this specific vulnerability in web applications, I'll do another one. Or when I'm done with web app security, I'll go into another area of pen testing and so on. Just because I'm, I always want to constantly improve my skills. Um, that helps with my imposter syndrome. It helps with me knowing and validating to myself that I know what I'm doing. But also the second thing that I think is like extremely important is um, surrounding yourself with the right group of people who won't make you feel like you have you don't have the skills uh, necessary to to do your job um, and will all always be encouraging to you uh, when it comes uh, to this field. I've had personally mentors, multiple ones that encouraged me when, when I got started and ones that continue to encourage me right now. And they have mentors and so on. Um, so we're all in this together, essentially. Don't feel, um, don't shy away from the field just because you don't have the experience yet. It's very easy to gain that experience. And then once you are in that work market, surround yourself with the correct people um, that will only uplift you versus um, break you down and make you feel like this is field this is a field that is like exclusive to only elite hackers which there are people that 
are like that. Um, but I'm seeing less and less of those people right now. That That's fantastic advice. Um, but Rana, before we wrap up, I want to give you the floor. Is there anything else you want to say? I love what you just said, you know, but if there's anything else, any other encouraging words, please, you know, share. Yeah, there is a place for everyone in this field. Again, I got started without having a cybersecurity degree. Um, and so if you're interested in this field, there's a ton of resources online. There's a ton of content creators that give up um, their um, free time uh, to teach this uh, material. Again, there's a ton of us. Um, feel free to reach out to any one of us and um, we'll be happy to help. Rana, again, thanks so much for sharing. Just for everyone, I've put links below, lots of links that can help you get started. Um, go and have a look at Rana's YouTube channels, amazing content on her channel. Rana, again, thanks so much for sharing. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.